suspicion St. Paul was not familiar with uh, the text of what is today the 23rd chapter of St. Matthew. Uh, if so, he would never have bragged about being a Pharisee, uh, which he does in Galatians. Uh, he says, concerning law as a language, you know, concerning zeal, I was a Pharisee. You know, like that, uh, Matthew 23 is Jesus uh, excoriated the Pharisees. You scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, and that's what's going on. And goes, almost the entire chapter, when you read it during Holy Week. And uh, it uh, clearly is part of the uh, received sayings of Christ, but we don't know that Paul knew all of the received sayings of Christ. He obviously knew lots of it, but I suspect he didn't know 23rd chapter. Just guess it. Matthew's gospel is not traditionally connected with Paul. Luke's gospel is, so and that's not in Luke's gospel. So, anyway, but, you know, it was a respectable position, a thing to be in Israel. And probably Pharisaic Judaism is the basis that later rabbinic Judaism grows out of. You know, so uh, I was thinking about this, of kind of uh, the Pharisees and rabbis and this sort of um, family thing. St. Paul, it is said, uh, is, was a kinsman of the deacon Stephen. Uh, we don't get a lot of information about the deacon Stephen, uh, other than that he got stoned uh, by those for his preaching. Uh, but interestingly, that he may have been a kinsman of St. Paul. They both studied under Gamaliel. He probably had been a Pharisee. Paul was a Pharisee. It's almost like a, a school of thought. Um, and I, I just this weekend, some other events were going on that made me think about uh, clergy, not just Pharisee clergy, <laughs> although they're clearly real one of them, but other kinds of clergy as well, Protestant clergy, Orthodox clergy. Uh, today, I learned of the death of Father uh, John Tkachuk, uh, who was married uh, to one of the daughters of Father Alexander Schmemann as uh, Father Thomas Hopka was married to one of the daughters of Father Alexander Schnemann. We used to jokingly we talked about the Schnemann Mafia because it was such a thick little uh, group of families all related, not just them, but the, the Bears and others were part of an extended family of uh, Parisian uh, refugees. Uh, a lot of them came in, had a lot to do with founding New York, had a lot to do with founding St. Vladimir's. Uh, had a lot to do with the autocephaly of the OCA. Um, there's this strange pattern of clergy and families. Uh, Matusha Giuliana married the father Alexander Schmidt. Uh, she was the descendant of St. Giuliana of Lazarevo. Uh, I mean, this stuff is family. It, it's very connected. Uh, you know, father is the son of a preacher, you know, 
may not be orthodox, but you know, it's Vladika Dimitri, when I converted in 1998, I left the Episcopal priesthood. Uh, as Chris made it, he gave, when we were starting St. Anne's, he gave instructions. He said, Father Stephen, he always called me Father Stephen, even when I was Episcopalian. He said, Father Stephen, on Sundays you will wear your cassock and they will continue to address you as Father Stephen. It was 13 months before I was ordained as an Orthodox priest. Nonetheless, he said, you'll wear your cassock, they'll address you as Father. And added to that, he said, uh, priests are born, ordination just reveals them, which was the most generous thing I'd ever heard anybody say to me. Uh, it was much kinder than anything an Episcopal bishop had ever said to me. <laughs> but, you know, and it's interesting as time has gone on how much I've seen this phenomenon. I eventually did some genealogy work in my family and discovered that one branch of my Freemans that came into South Carolina in the late 1700s produced 50 ordained men in their generations, which is a lot of Baptists. Uh, they all, in fact, my first ancestors around here in America were Baptist missionaries. Uh, this stuff, but I, I suspect sometimes that uh, that the family connections of this was a reason why there was a Levitical priesthood in the Old Testament was inherited. And even though we don't have that in the New Testament, there's still these human patterns uh, that go on that way. Um, you know, my Two of my daughters were married to priests. One since left the priesthood, but both his father and both his grandfathers were missionaries. He left the priesthood. The other son-in-law is a priest whose brother's a priest, whose father's a priest, Orthodox all. And this stuff gets very thick. You always have to be careful in Orthodoxy not to talk about a priest behind his back unless you know his extended family and the church. Chances are you're talking to his cousin. Uh, or a god cousin. It's like, and if you're among the Greeks, just shut up. It's very thick. And if you're among the Serbs, don't say anything at all, because they would probably kill you. Like, that's just a Serbian thing. Uh, but um, I, I think about that, and, and it's like, well, God, is this a uniquely clergy thing? Um, and I think it's not. It's just an example of something. Uh, it's a family. Uh, there is a connectedness that we have as a human family. Um, a Greek priest once said to me, he said, uh, it was an old Greek saying, he heard it from an old Greek, um, that a, a monk saves his family for seven generations. He, he said he wasn't told in which direction, <laughs> it was like, like seven generations back or seven generations ahead. But I can see in my own life, I buried my parents from the Orthodox Church, who had not been churchgoers when I was a child. I mean, uh, there was some, I wasn't a monk either, but there was these things, they radiate out, they connect. Um, God is saving us, but the pattern of saving us, somehow or another, just doesn't fit our American individualist notions. It just doesn't. It's, it's much more wonderfully connected than that in ways uh, that we can hardly imagine. So when you and I come into church, it's sort of my takeaway from this for tonight, other than just blabbering about my family, um, but old men do that. 
Um, when you come, you are not just coming for yourself. You know, like the number of times I have people write to me or, or other about a child who no longer goes to church or my grandchild is doing this, that, or the other. Most often you hear stories going that way, although plenty of people can talk, younger ones talk about their parents and others that are there. When you, you and I come here, we're not here for ourselves alone. You know? When you pray, if I might say this, you, you pray for your, your whole family prays in you. Maybe even for seven generations. They pray in you. You won't find us in the books anywhere. I just believe it's true. I've seen it. I've seen it in lives uh, that it matters. There's a connectedness. That God is saving us the same way he created us. In which he said it's not good for man to be alone. And so it's man and woman. He, he created us this way. Adam and Eve. Boy, they're boys. One of them was a murderer. They had trouble from the beginning. Nonetheless, he saves us. He saves us in this manner. So I, I think on the one hand of particular burden of people who got born into clergy families uh, and who carry that burden out. Sometimes they live it into its fullness. Other times they run away from it. Uh, but we are all in some way born into a clergy family. And here we are. We stand. All of us stand as priests. This is the, this place, the nave, uh, doesn't represent uh, an outside portion of the Jewish temple. This is the Holy of Holies, but this is the holy place where uh, the uh, actual altar of sacrifice and the altar of incense would have been in this part of the temple. And we all stand in this part of the temple, lift our hands, and pray to God and offer the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. It is a priestly offering. This is, if you will, the ministry of the high priest who is set aside to enter into the Holy of Holies uh, and make offering uh, as we offer the bloodless sacrifice of Christ. But this is something we are all in, and we're doing this uh, even in the mystery of family. So, I, you know, I started off thinking about Pharisees, and, and I've gotten to our families, a bunch of Pharisees. And, uh, there were some good ones. Yeah, there were some good Pharisees. But St. Paul is a great Pharisee. <laughs> really huge Pharisee. He's a great Pharisee. But we, you know, pray for your family. You are not alone. You speak for them. They speak in you. Um, and for those who are not among us anymore, we have an altar of sacrifice, if you will, the sacrifice of candles and prayers. And then we offer for them. And so we do this. We, we gather together. So um, may they remember and pray for us, uh, especially those who are uh, in, in a place where they can pray for us. Uh, may we bring all the others together with them. Uh, God save us. God save our families, our mothers, fathers, sisters, and brothers, our children, our grandchildren, grandparents, uh, all of them together, and, and bring us home. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, tell us about tomorrow morning. <laughs>